thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. the blessed life this is our last week of the blessed life i was debating whether or not to actually talk about the blessed life during this season um during this season right before thanksgiving right after thanksgiving is this the most appropriate time hey pastor ben you're trying to convict me i all i want to do is buy all christmas presents and and ask for christmas presents and and so i hope i hope that in this series the heart of this series is not to manipulate it's not to coerce you in anything, but it's actually talk about the promises and the blessings of God for your life. And I really believe that that's true. Now, because this series is only two weeks and next week we start our Christmas series, Unwrapped, what, what I'm doing is I'm skipping the tithing message. And so if you haven't heard what the tithe is biblically, then Pastor J. Tom did an incredible job preaching on the tithe last year. You can find that. On our podcast or on SoundCloud or on our website, there's multiple places to find that. And so I'd encourage you to listen to that. Uh, but today I want to talk about the generous eye. Who would say that they're blessed in this room? Who would say they're abundantly blessed in this room? Yeah, most of us do, right? Most of us feel pretty blessed, pretty blessed for what God has given us. And, and what I have seen in my life, is my parents really instilled an eye for generosity in me. See, when we went to church when I was a little kid, they used to give me change. Uh, whatever change was in the console, whatever change was in the coin purse of my mom's purse back in the day when you had coin purses. I don't know if anybody does that anymore. And, and she would grab this change and she would give it to us. And, and we were taking that as an offering to our classroom. And in our kids' ministry, we, we started, they started implementing the idea of giving and generosity. And, and so we were so excited about giving coins in the kids' ministry. Did anybody grow up like that? We took coins to the kids ministry you gave them well what i love about that is is it did something to me it did something to me it started making me think about money differently i started thinking about money that it's not all mine but some of it is god's and it's good to give and i started having an eye for generosity in fact there's many parents who are doing that with their kids this morning and if you aren't doing that i'd encourage you to do it because it has done something to me in fact I love giving as a result. Proverbs 22, 9 says this. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. A generous eye. Maybe you have a different, an eye for different things. An eye for a talent or an eye for maybe food. Anybody have an eye for food? Any cooks or, or people in here, chefs in here, maybe have an eye for food. And, and so you just, that's just what you desire to do. It's what you desire to release. Well, there is actually this idea that we would have an eye for generosity, that we would start looking for opportunities to give. And why? Because Luke 6, 38 Really, one of our verses, give 
and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It will be measured to you. This is a promise of God. As you're looking through the Bible, you're like, okay, what's in this for me, right? Because that's American culture. We don't want to do anything unless it's something for us, right? Well, well, God's awesome because he knows that we're wicked and depraved and we want to do things selfishly. So he's like, okay, here's one. Here's a promise. Give and it will be given to you. And Satan can't take away that promise. How many know that's good? Satan can't take away that promise. If you give, it will be given to you. It will be given to you abundantly. But what Satan can do is he can start distorting the blessing. He can start twisting the blessing. He can start making you think a little bit differently, a little wrongly about the blessing. In fact, there's two different wrong approaches when we see the blessing that comes into our life. And all you said you were blessed, right? And so all of you can be susceptible to this. The first one is pride. Pride can enter our lives. As Revelation 3.17 says, the letter to the church, you say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. You see, we can get a little prideful, can't we, about our money. It's like when somebody compliments your watch, you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. This is an awesome watch. It's Omega. It's actually the nicest brand that they have. Right? Does anybody do that? Or, or somebody compliments your car and you're like, Oh, yeah, it has the luxury package. It's awesome. Heated seats and cooled. That's right. I'm awesome. Right? Like when we get a little prideful maybe about our money, about our finances, about the blessing that God has given us. And, and some of us get to that place where, where we just kind of boast a little bit about the blessings of God in our life. And we start walking around a little prideful about it. The second thing that can hit us that the enemy can start wrongly twisting in your mind is shame. Shame. And I would say that oftentimes this is where most of us fall. In Genesis 32, 9 through 10, then Jacob prayed, Oh Lord, who said to me, I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I mean, you feel maybe a little guilty when you're blessed. You, you feel like, man, I'm, I'm a little shamed of the blessing God has given me. Uh, for instance, I did this the other day. Uh, the other day, we had some health damage on our car. We got a new car, and, and, and it's an awesome car. We really like this car. It's what Brandy wanted. And somebody, uh, often, a couple people after church said, man, nice car. Nice car, Pastor Ben. That's an awesome ride. And they're just complimenting me. And I go, oh, yeah, man. Well, you know, it has 144,000 miles, and, you know, got the best deal in the world, you know. And we got all this money from the health damage, and so that's how we were able to afford it, right? I kind of felt a little shameful for the blessing that God has given us. And, and we can often do that. We can often run into this shame thing where maybe somebody will compliment you on some material possession. Oh, this is a nice house. Well, yeah, you know, uh, we had, you know, sold our house in Midland and got a lot of equity. So we were able to put, you know, 20% down. And, and so, man, that's the only way we could afford a house like this. Right? Anybody hear me say that before? Maybe a couple times, huh? Right? See, this is what the enemy loves to do with me is, is I, I'm so scared of being prideful that I actually walk in unworthiness. And that's what we do in life. In, in life, when it comes to spiritual things, we, we swing pendulum 
all the time. I'm, I'm too afraid to be crazy charismatic and start waving the flag in the aisle. So I'll just go all head and intellectualism and never pray for a miracle. We, we swing all the time with the pendulum in our Christian walk. But what I really believe is the best place to be is in the tension right in the middle of what God has for you spiritually. I see this all the time. I see this all the time in our life. And when it comes to pride or shame, we, we typically only do this with material possessions. We, we don't do it like with immaterial things like, hey, you have awesome kids. Oh, yeah, I have the best kids in the world. They're so awesome, man. They're way better than your kids. <laughs> right? We don't do that. Or, or, or we don't do, yeah, paid half price for them, you know. <laughs> Barely got them. No, no, we didn't say, Thank you, right? Because that's what you do when you live in the balance. Somebody compliments the blessing in your life. You go, thank you. Thank you so much. Man, we love our kid, right? But immaterial things we do it a lot more with. Why is that? Because I think the enemy loves this idea of money. And maybe maybe you came in, maybe you came in, man, we're talking about money one more week, and that's why we didn't show up at Luminous. Maybe you came in like that, or, or maybe... You came in with that attitude. I really want to encourage you that, that this is going to benefit your life. Because the enemy loves to really make you think wrongly about the blessings of God. God really wants you to remember. He wants to remember why he blessed you. And he blessed you for a purpose. Everybody say purpose. Purpose. God blesses you for a purpose. And that's what we need to remember today and not forget. You see, in 2 Corinthians 9, 11 says this, you will be made rich in every way, every way. So not just monetarily, but you spiritually rich and, and emotionally rich and your family will be rich and you're going to find riches in your life that look more than materialism so that you can be generous. Everybody say generous. On every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Isn't that what we did this last week? Thanksgiving dinner, we celebrated that God provided a meal for us and our families all year long. Let's give thanks. Let's give thanks. He, he has given us so much. Let's give thanks. And as we are rich in every way, the purpose of it is to be generous on every occasion. How many of you want to just be rich for you? Come on, just admit it right now. Okay, I see those hands. I'll pray for you. Me too. I raised mine. Genesis 12, 2 through 3. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Will be blessed through you. How great is that? That the nation of Israel, that God's chosen people, were a blessed people, not for themselves, so that he would be a blessing to others. In fact, the nation of Israel had oftentimes, they opened their land to any sojourner who was wandering and weary. What a great picture of it. The, the family of God opens themselves up so that when people are wandering on Hebner Oaks Elementary, uh, Hebner, Hebner Oaks 
Drive or on I-10 and they see a sign that says Luminous Church. They say, man, what's that? They come check it out and we leave room and space for them. We create an environment where we say, hey, eat. We have plenty of pastries. Drink. We have plenty of coffee. Sing. We have plenty of song. Worship. We have plenty of worship. Listen. We have plenty of word that will feed your life forever. That's what we do. It's who we are. It's why we were created. It's why we exist. So that we would be a blessing. And we will intentionally give more. Intentionality. There's three types of givers I want to highlight this morning for you real quickly. The first one is the spontaneous giver. Spontaneous giver. Any of you love spontaneity? Spontaneity? Spontaneity. Any of you love that? I, I love being spontaneous. In fact, I'm Mr. Impulsive, if you don't know that. I am like Mr. Impulsive. I, I see somebody on the street corner, I just wanna rip out my wallet and give them whatever I have, right? Just spontaneously give. I love giving like this. In fact, a lot of us do, and, and, and some of you will be moved emotionally in this room. Some of you will be moved emotionally when you saw the stockings and you started thinking about a kid who would not get anything for Christmas. Like, I'm going to do that. Spontaneous giving. It's actually, God loves spontaneous giving. Think about the good Samaritan. The good Samaritan went along the road, and as the, as the priest went by and the worship leader went by and ignored the guy, the good Samaritan grabs him, takes him to the inn, and gives the innkeeper two denarii. And as he does, he spontaneously gives. You see, the boy with the basket that we talked about last week who gave his basket to Jesus and said, here's my lunchbox, he spontaneously gave. Spontaneity, or naity, I don't know. I got to look that up. Somebody help me. Naity, thank you. You can talk back. It'd be great. This spontaneous giving is so, so good. It's the impulsive giving. And, and I think God blesses you when you do that. Every year at Luminous, we, at the end of the year, we always have a large gift that comes in, a spontaneous gift because somebody sees their bank account, sees how God blessed them, sees this leftover and says, hey, I'm going to give to my church. And so we have this spontaneous gift that comes in and it's such a blessing and God uses it. But I don't think that God only wants spontaneous givers. You see, the next level, what I really think God wants to move you into is I think he wants to move you into strategic giving. The strategic giver, Isaiah 32, 8 says this, but generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. It's the people who actually plan to give. Brandy and I do this every month. We sit down and we look at our budget and we see how much we're giving and do we need to give more? And we've been doing this probably every year since we've been married. It's, it's why we wanted to get out of debt is so that we can live to be a blessing. We wanted to start having a plan for our money because we knew with a plan would come discipline. And with discipline comes productivity. And that's what we want in the kingdom of God. We want some productivity. We want God to start advancing the kingdom. And, and so we started planning and we started budgeting. And, and we do this where, where hey, we're going to give 10%. No doubt we're going to give that. We're in debt. 
We're going to get out of debt. In five years, we're going to be out of debt. We're going to start making a plan for our money. And so as we did that, we're not going to have kids until we're out of debt. And so we started getting out of debt. We started giving our 10%. And then the church did a building campaign. Really? Really? I mean, I've been doing a building campaign where we're trying to get in debt. And we prayed about it. And God gave us a number. He said, give $1,000 for every niece and nephew that you have. And so that's what we did. We just started giving that above our ties above our regular ties. And, and as we did that, here comes a missionary, a campus minister, who's asking for partnership to partner with them to reach college students on the campus. And, and they want monthly partnership. And we prayed about it and we said, we'll do it. And, and we kept giving and giving and giving. And year five, we still got out of debt. God still honored our desires because we had a plan. And people without a plan will not go very far. At least not go where God wants them to go. You see, as J. Thomas Jill, as they're praying about whether to stay or go, that was a very planned thing. Okay, I, emotionally, I feel spontane, this spontaneous desire to go. But we're going to pray about it. We're going to sit on it. He actually came to me and, will you pray with me? He actually went to one of our board members, Pastor Daniel Stevens. Will you pray with me? He went to his dad. Will you pray with me? Started making a plan and, and heard from God. When you make a plan, God honors it and watch what God does. He will do incredible things. And, and that's what we want to be. We don't want to be reactive. We want to be planners. You ever try to run a business by reactionary living? Oh, yeah, it'll, it'll get you by maybe a day or a week, maybe a month, until you way overspent and you're in the red, right? Because, because you need a plan, and God knows that. God is not so mysterious that he needs you to be spontaneous all the time. God, the Holy Spirit knows what's going to happen 50 years from now. You ever thought about that? Like, he knows how many kids you're going to have. How many grandkids you're going to have. He knows where you're going to live. He knows who you're going to marry. He knows all those things. The Holy Spirit knows. Why not ask him? Why not ask him? So that he can start directing your steps. That's what we did. And, and I'm excited that, that last year we did the Big Give. And the Big Give was a campaign where we were asking for pledges to pay for our sound system, some kids' supplies, and, and to take care of an extra kid's classroom that wasn't in our line item budget. Because it was gonna be every, every theater we add adds to our budget expense. And so we were asking for this, and, and we did the big give, and it was so good. And we ended up pledging $33,000. $33,000, but I didn't want just people to impulsively give. I wanted them to actually make a plan. Hey, this is going to affect your budget. It's going to affect the way you eat, the way you live. The, the, sacri the sacrifice is going to be great for you. You may have to get a coffee once a week. You may have to do something like that. It may be something outside of your box. So for three weeks, we had you go pray about it and ask God. And and you came back and you filled out a pledge card and we took it up and we celebrated and God was so faithful. And today we have raised 80% of that pledge, $26,096.85. Isn't that awesome that we raised 80% of that? That is huge. That is huge. 
Man, that was a lame clap. One more clap. Yes! You know, for those who are clapping hard, it's because you've been giving up, you know, something for a month, like cable, or something like that. Or for a whole year, you've been giving something up, and so you're actually excited. Man, whoo, it's almost over. Wait, God's going to ask me to give again. I know it. I know it. The next person that, that I really hope that we move to, we have the spontaneous giver, and then we have the, the strategic giver, but now... I'm really asking that our church would one day be the sacrificial giver. The sacrificial giver. It's the people who are fanatic about giving. They, they don't want to just give their leftovers to God. They don't want to just, at the end of the month, after we bought our groceries, bought our cable, bought everything, okay, what's left? Okay, I'm going to give that. No, these are the people who, who actually give in faith. Hey, God, what do you want me to give? And you give it, and you have no idea what's going to come. And it's because you have this relationship with God where you trust him enough that when he speaks, you know it's better for your life. In fact, that's what our desire is, is that, that to see Jesus clearly means that we're going to see how he's speaking, how he's moving, how he's living. And we're not just going to do what we impulsively want to do. We're not going to do things just say, oh, I'm just being spirit-led, brother. No, we're going to ask God. God's going to speak through the Holy Spirit, and we're going to be spirit-led. Does that make sense? You see, the one, one is just saying a phrase that you don't actually mean. The other is actually considering God in the conversation. It's starting to build a relationship with him. That's what I want to be, a, a sacrificial giver. In Mark 12, we read about this. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth. She, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. I read this story, and I get convicted. I, I read this story, and I'm like, babe, we got to empty our bank account. We got to give it away. Like, like, that's the type of person I am. But what she did is she heard from God, and she went to the treasury, to the offering box, she took two coins, all that she had to live on, and she put it in there. Courageous, noble, amazing, inspiring, all those things. I'm not asking that you do that this morning. What I'm asking is that you would hear from the Holy Spirit, that we would learn to be sacrificial givers. You see, typically when you get a raise at work, you think about the next thing you can buy. The Apple Watch, right? The, the, the vacation, all those things. But I'm really asking, and this is really a petition to my wife and myself as well, is that, that when we get a raise, wouldn't it be about more stuff? It would be about more that we can give. We can actually give more because God has blessed us more. You know, I'm so thankful and we have a church that has been generous beyond belief. 
I mean, I, I stand amazed when, when I know that a college student is giving $5 a month off of his $50 income. You know, I, I stand amazed as people are giving sacrificially and they're giving not, not just to turn on lights in a church, not just to pay for the administration and the operating costs, but, but so that we can fill 143 stockings and give them to ministries so that we can give thousands and tens of thousands of dollars away to other nations to watch the gospel move. You see, see, I'm excited to live in a church that is going to live sacrificially. If you would stand with me this morning. You know, I don't know where you are. and I don't. I don't. At the end of the day, it's not between you and me. I really ask that you would consider Jesus in the way that you give. Sacrificial giving, we have 80% of our church serves. 80% of our church serves at Luminous. Sets up, tears down, greets, connects. In fact, you're seeing some of them leave right now to go serve. Right? Because that's what we do. We're going to meet the next person who comes in here. We're going to greet them. We're going to welcome them. We're going to love them. It's going to be so awesome. I think we serve sacrificially. I think we give sacrificially. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, our motivation for giving is not because, it's not to get. It's never been our motivation. I guess, I guess maybe that's a little wrong because we actually do give to get. But not get to get more material things, more things that perish. But Lord, our desire is to give to see more souls come into the house of God. In fact, that's why you sent Jesus. God, you sent Jesus. You gave Jesus to get sons and daughters. You knew that the only way to get sons and daughters, the only way to redeem humanity, your creation, the only way to do that was to give your best. Lord, thank you for modeling this. I pray that we live this out. Father, this week, this Christmas season, Lord, we're excited for next Sunday and our unwrapped series. But Lord, I pray that this week we would consider what it means to be spontaneous. We consider what it means to be strategic. And we prayfully consider what it means to be sacrificial. Bless your church today. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org. Thank you for listening to this week's message.